Welcome to the Coventry Vineyard Podcast. Wherever and whenever you're listening, we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus, head to coventryvineyard.org. I'm on finishing Daniel in the Bible. So I've got the glorious joy of uh, Daniel chapters 10 to 12. Um, So I read through it and went, I'm not going to read through all that with you guys. So we're just going to see what happens. It's going to be quite fun. So this morning, we're going to look... I don't know if this is the, if this is the right one, actually. Um, I'm not sure if I've got the right... Let me just... No, I think we've got the wrong one. That's fine. We'll, we'll do it without. We've got a different uh, load of slides. I've got my computer if you need. Uh, it was faithful finishing. Finishing, faithful finish. But that's okay. But anyway, we're going to look at how we can have a faithful finish today. And I don't know, have you ever started something and not finished it? Yeah, okay. So give me an example of something you started and not finished. Marking books. Oh, my goodness. We had books from two sides of the room there. So reading books, marking books, anything else from anyone? What else? Knit. You know what? I've got so many things in a drawer. Yeah, half done socks and craft projects and stuff. I've started courses. I've tried to learn languages. I I actually did a canal boat maintenance course. And uh, because I thought I'm going to be an expert on canal boat engines and I'm going to know how to do all the oil and tap everything and all this stuff. And I can tell you, I did finish the course. But if you asked me to change the oil now, I'd have to, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd have to get my notes out. Nick, I think, knows more about these things than I do. So I'm, I'm a bit crazy. I'm, I, I love to start things. And I don't know about you, but I feel really guilty when I start things. And there's those books. I, I know I've got a whole pile of books, which I've started to read. And then I know they're really good books. Thank you. That's brilliant. Thanks, Nick. You're amazing. I know they're really good books, but I just get distracted with something else and then I feel guilty when I look at them so maybe it's a job that you feel like you didn't finish well maybe there's a marriage or a job or you know a relationship or something like that where you're going actually looking back I don't feel like I did the best job that I could with that and I think of most of us here from the sound of the room from the buzz of the room would understand that we're actually we're not all good at finishing things well. So some of you might be like, well, I've always finished everything. Well, good for you. Let us learn all the lessons off you. But the rest of us, there's probably a little bit of a guilt thing that we're pressing into there. And it does depend on how much that thing meant to us. And we will come back to this dude later. But anything we start, we do have the best of intentions, don't we? So as a sort of young teenager, I decided I was going to learn to play the guitar. I was a big fan of Queen, and I thought Brian May was amazing. I was going to play like Brian May, so I picked up the guitar. Unfortunately, my parents booked me in for classical lessons, which didn't really work quite the same. So I spent hours learning all these things, and then just gave it up because I never got to play Bohemian Rhapsody. So there we go. Um, And if I'm totally honest... I wanted the end result. I didn't want the hair, but I wanted the end result more than I wanted to put in the effort. And I don't know about you, if you've ever thought that, there are things where you're just like, I really want that end result, but I don't know if I'm willing to put in the effort. It is a bit like that in life, isn't it, sometimes? And sometimes we say, how did I get to that place that I'm at now? Because we don't always begin life thinking or 
you know, get to a stage where we think, okay, I'm going to get to a place where I lead a church, I'm running a business, I've got all of this going on, or whatever that situation in your life is. We may not say, oh, yeah, I'm going to plan to have a dreadful week this week, and I'm going to do this, and this is what's going to go on. Life gets in the way, doesn't it? And it can get really difficult at times. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And sometimes things get in the way of what we feel like God's wanting to do in our lives. We like to think everything will go well, but as you can see from this dude here, things can cripple us. We want to think everything's going to be smooth and comfortable and we'll do well at everything that we attempt, but things can get in the way. We can get distracted, we can get weakened, we can get disabled through external things, through internal things, and through other people sabotaging what we're wanting to do. So we can have external events. They can come in and sabotage what God's doing in us or sabotage our plans. We can have the economy. We've got big financial stuff going on. We've got work issues. We've got wars. We've got world changes. We've got internal events. You might have illness. It might be um, a physical illness or it might be a mental illness. There might be addiction. There might be character issues that might get in the way of stuff or other people. Sometimes we get persuaded to do things because other people say, well, I, I don't think that's such a good idea because they disapprove of things or because they actually sabotage things or because they give well-meaning advice that you think, actually, maybe I should follow that. And uh, I would totally say this is what I feel like sometimes we've been hit with as a church, as leaders, and being distracted weakened or disabled could sometimes stop us doing really important things. Although sometimes they can be a way of saying, get some rest. This is important as well. And it's important to come back to God regularly in these situations and say, God, what are you doing? Are you asking me to take rest? What are you saying in this difficult situation? You see, when we decide to follow Jesus amazing things can happen. We can see people being healed. We can see the dead being raised. We can see people being released. We can see people come to Jesus. However, we can also go through some really hard times. If you read the Bible, there's nothing that says it's all going to be plain sailing when you decide to follow Jesus. A whole load of people get killed. A whole load of us have loved ones suffer, get ill and die. People struggle with lack of hope. We talk about hope earlier on today with burnout and with depression. People still do dreadful things. Accidents still happen. Wars still happen. And we can struggle with our own character issues. We can struggle with addiction. We can struggle with habits and flaws. And this can pull us back from fully following him. So I'd ask you now, which of these things right now could be pulling you back from fully following God, from fully following Jesus. Even church leaders, people like me and Nick and a whole load of other church leaders struggle with this as well. And I can tell you thousands of pastors are leaving their jobs each month because of moral failure, spiritual burnout, and contention and wars in their churches. Thousands of pastors are leaving and I'm going to say that 
is not good enough. It's not good enough that we're struggling, that we are not finishing well the journey that God's given us. So how do we get up again? How do we get up again when we can be crippled by external events, by internal events, and by other people? How can we make sure that we finish well? And what on earth has this got to do with the book of Daniel? So, first of all, I would really recommend that you read the whole of the book of Daniel. Uh, We've gone through bits of it. We've taken out bits as we've been going along. And I would say that if you're not one for reading, that's absolutely fine. There's a YouVersion Bible. Just going to recommend an app right now. I love it. So I sit there in the morning, press play, find Daniel. You can just, you don't even need to know where it is in the Bible, which is great because it's a bit tricky. It's a small book. But you sit there, put in Daniel, press play, and you'll have this great dude reading it out in a beautiful English accent. So, you know, if you want to listen to the Bible, that's another way of doing it. And it's just, it's a really good idea to get a whole overview of the book. And then if you want to listen to some of the old talks, they're all on YouTube, I think it is. And have a listen. Get an idea of the whole book. But through Daniel, there's a really clear theme. And Nick did a really good summary of this uh, right at the beginning, where Daniel and his friends, they start off in their own country. Things are going well. They're like, great, we've risen to a good place of power. They're rulers in their area. And things are going well. They've got this hope for a specific future. And then everything goes wrong. They get taken from their land. They get taken from the place and all their families. They get taken from their jobs. And everything changes for them. This future that they had over here is just gone. It's just gone and there's no hope for it at all. So from that place of success and security, Daniel and his friends are captured. They're taken to that enemy land where they feel like they're almost separated from God as well. It's a challenge to their faith, to their identity, and to their security. And then they face a massive challenge in external events. So just as we mentioned, there were different kings with different expectations. If you look in chapter 4 and 5, and then they have others willfully trying to sabotage events. Uh, If you look chapters 2, 3, and 6, they get death threats against them. There's threats to their life. And then in Daniel chapters 7, 8, and 10, and 12... Daniel has some pretty scary and very, very detailed visions that actually cause him a lot of mental stress. They're all about upheaval, about change, about uh, um, a pain in the future. They talk about kings coming into power and then being deposed and other kings coming in, people rising up and people being slaughtered. They're dreadful, dreadful visions. And they talk about a time of distress. And it seems that everything that was sure and steadfast is going to crumble. So these visions have a massive internal effect on Daniel. They exhaust him. They make him shake. He's appalled. And they cause him to question what's going on. But you know what? And this is a bit of a spoiler for those who haven't read the whole of Daniel. It does end well. Daniel does finish the race well. 
And he managed to keep up with his faith. He managed to keep relying on God, even though he saw all of this change, even though there was external events, internal events, and other people trying to put pressure on him not to finish well. So how did he do this? And what can we learn from Daniel? How can we learn when we fall, when there's external events, when there's internal events, and when there's other people putting pressure on us to not finish the race? How can we finish well? Well, let's have a look. We've got, oh, there's a nice picture of all the different stuff, but I'm going to go over that. Okay, so... Let's have a look at this passage. In the third year of Cyrus, now there's going to be some big names here. I might fuddle some of them. In the third year of of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. I practiced that one. Okay. Its message was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Just going to say, if I did that, I would look like a turtle if I used no lotions at all, but that's a whole other thing. Anyway, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were there with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up, for I've now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Your words were heard and I have come in response to them. So your words are heard by God. This is really important for you to recognize. Your words are heard by God. Daniel, when he was facing external events, internal events, and other people's trying to sabotage him, trying to get in the way of finishing that race, what did he do? He fixed his eyes on God. He fixed his eyes on God. He turned to prayer. He didn't look at the danger to his life the situation, the dangers and pressures. He kept his gaze on his eternal father. He fasted, he humbled himself and sought understanding from God. See, God knows what we're going through. God is actually the one who is sure 
and steadfast, when kings are rising up and crumbling, when everything outside and inside is changing and we feel like we're standing on shifting sand, our king, he is the rock that we stand on. God knows what you're going through. God knows what I'm going through. God knew what Daniel was going through. He sees us lying on the floor and he says, stand up, stand up. He says, I've heard you. Now, throughout this season, throughout all of this series, God has been just pulling us back to Hebrews and it's happened regularly. That Hebrews passage Hebrews 11 and 12 in the Bible, where it talks about us being surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. And I feel like God's calling us back to this again. And Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. So how do we do that? It's really easy to say. It's really easy to say. But when we're faced with these things that we've mentioned, when we're faced by external events, financial crises, wars, when we're faced by internal events, depression, illness, things like that, and when we're faced by other people trying to sabotage us, you know, intentionally or not intentionally, how do we fix our eyes on Jesus? How do we have that faithful finish? Well, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, I would really strongly recommend to everybody that you take a few minutes each day. You stop and you say, I'm going to breathe in the presence of God. And I'm going to breathe out the stuff of the world. I'm going to breathe in God's presence, breathe out the stuff of the world. Because we are called to be kingdom people here on earth. We are called to be kingdom people. So how do we do that? Well, I would suggest keep spending time with him. Read your Bible, pray, listen to some worship music. There's some great stuff on Spotify and all of those sort of things. But take that time to just be with him. Sometimes it feels like you're hitting a brick wall. That's absolutely fine. Just keep taking that time. Find yourself a space or a chair where you know it works. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. Second thing, meet with other Christians in church regularly. Now, you are all doing it, so well done. But I would also suggest come on Sundays, come to life groups, get chatting with people, get people to pray for you. I can tell you that this last month has been particularly grueling, plus all the years before that, which is a whole other thing. But this last month has been really grueling for me and Nick. My dad was eight hours on the floor. He ended up in hospital. He's still in hospital three weeks later. And that same week, Danny phoned us up at midnight to say, I've been in a car crash. His card spun around. It's been written off. The person drove away from the scene. And we've been dealing with that as well as a whole load of other stuff I can't tell you about. And it's just felt like, how am I going to get through this? It's felt like we've been hamstrung, you know, like that guy we saw the picture, like, how are we going to finish this race now? I feel like we've been on our hands and knees. 
And you know what? If it wasn't for some of the people in this church just coming and saying, can I pray for you? And coming and being alongside me, I don't think I would want to finish. Okay? And if it wasn't for you people in the church over the last 25 years that we've been in Coventry, I know I wouldn't be still doing this job. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Meet with other Christians. Pray for people. Get prayer. Because we're all going through stuff. We've all got stuff that's in our head right now. And it's like, it may feel massive. It may, you might be like, Vicky, you have no idea. Absolutely, I have no idea. Get some prayer. If it's like a really small thing and you're going, Vicky, it's not really a big thing. Doesn't matter. Get some prayer. Get some prayer today. Because I think God's going to do some stuff. Now, this last one, that feels a bit left field. Get a mentor. What I'm saying is get together with one, maybe two other people who you can meet with regularly. Somebody who can ask you the questions, how are you really doing? Because sometimes we're in a bit of a bigger group. We don't feel like we can always do that. And we want people to say, how are you really doing? People who, where, where we can really say, actually, my character issues are getting in the way today. My character issues are getting in the way this week. Or just to be able to say, look, can you please pray for me? It's all going wrong. My family's gone a bit crazy. Please, please pray for me. And I'm saying that whether you're a leader, whether it's the first time coming here, I don't really care. Just find somebody who can walk alongside you and actually dial into some of the things that God's doing and help you. So what about this dude? So the reason why I put the picture of Derek Redmond in the 1992 Olympics is because he was someone who was running a great race. He got his eyes fixed on the goal that he wanted. He was surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. And he was running and he was ahead. And then his hamstrings tore. And he was crippled, he just fell to the ground. He fell to the ground and he tried to get up again just to finish the race. And he tried to get up and you could tell he wasn't going to finish the race. Now, I'm just going to speak a minute to those people who say, I don't want to come to church and be a mess in church. I've heard this so many times. Well, this guy, as I watched him, I watched the video of him. I didn't watch him and go, oh, what a failure don't want him to do well. He's fallen on the floor. That's it now. None of us do that. That's not our God-given reaction. We watch him and we go, get up, get up, get up. And you know what? You could hear, almost hear the will of everybody saying, come on, you can do it. Well, that's the same for people who come here. We want you to do well. We want you to finish well. And you know what happened? You can see his dad. He broke away from security. He ran over he put his arm around him. Oh, Gwen, I'm going to cry too now. He put his arm around him and he walked with him to the end of the race. He made sure he finished. And the thing is, we can have times when we are hamstrung, when things get in the way, when we feel like we can't finish. And you know what? Having one or two other people who will come and do that for us, help us keep our eyes on that prize of Jesus, who will support us as we finish, who will listen and not judge us, they are the people who are going to help us finish well. And you know what? 65,000 people stood up and cheered him 
as he finished. So what about us? What about you now? What are you going to do? Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.